Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now On this week's episode, we're going to dive down a bit of a curiosity of mine. I know that when we think about brewing beer in general, we always think of beer being brewed in countries like the United States and England and Germany, even Australia. But in all reality, beer is really a very global beverage. So that being said, I was able to connect with a brewer down in the Philippines and I wanted to find out what it was like to brew in Southeast Asia. So we're going to do a deep dive into brewing in the Philippines this week on Homebrewing DIY. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Building recipes and taking good notes are two of the key fundamentals of making great beer. This is one of the first things that you learn when becoming a new brewer. I started taking notes on a sheet from my extract kit and then quickly moved to brewing software. I've tried many different types of brewing software and then I found Brewfather. This is the one piece of software that you need for recipes and very detailed brew day notes, as well as fermentation notes. Brewfather also integrates with some of the topics that we discuss on the show, like the till hydrometer, the ice spindle, and ferment track. You need no other piece of software than Brewfather. One of the best parts of Brewfather is that you can try it for free. All you need to do is head to our website, homebrewingdiy.beer, and click on the Brewfather banner to sign up for free today. Once again, that's homebrewingdiy.beer, and sign up for Brewfather today. Keeping a clean brewery is the key to making great beer that doesn't get contaminated. Do you use a glass or plastic carboy for your fermentation? Did you know that getting your carboy clean can be tough, especially removing the cruisin ring? Even with traditional carboy cleaning tools, it can take a lot of time and not get your carboy completely clean. Well, 
Today, there's a new tool that can easily clean your carboy and do it fast. And that tool is called a scrubber ducky. Scrubber duckies are a new magnetic carboy cleaner that are easy to use and get the cleaning results required in brewing. Drop a magnetic scrubber into your carboy and be able to scrub away all of the grime in that hard to clean cruising. They are no match for scrubber duckies and you can get yours today at scrubberduckies.com. Once again, head over to scrubberduckies.com. Have you ever wanted to make a podcast? Do you have a subject you want to discuss with listeners? Do you even know where to start? Well, if you want to make a podcast and you want to get started now, I could not recommend Anchor enough. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Hey, look. I shopped around for a place to post my podcast, and Anchor was the easiest, most streamlined experience you could ask for. So if you're looking for a place for your new podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And welcome back to Homebrewing DIY, the podcast that takes on the do-it-yourself aspect of homebrewing. Gadgets, contraptions, and parts, this show covers it all. On this week's show, we're talking to Raul Masankai. We're going to talk to him about what it's like to own a brewery in the Philippines. Kind of funny, I ended up on a Facebook group where I was in the Philippines Homebrewing Facebook group and just, you know lounging around in there figuring out what was going on and really connected with Raul and was able to talk to him funny though because it was in a homebrewing group I thought Raul was a homebrewer and then when we actually ended up doing the podcast episode I found out later that he actually owns a brewery so just kind of a little funny story there and it'll be a really fun cool episode that being said This episode is coming to you week after week because of all of our patrons over at Patreon. So head over to patreon.com forward slash homebrewing DIY and give it any amount. Your support helps this show come to you week after week. I'd like to thank all of our supporters. It's because of you that we can even bring this show to you. Another way to support the show is to head on over to coffee. That's ko-fi dot com forward slash homebrewing DIY. And there you can give a one-time support. I got a one-time support where uh, Captain Fucher bought me a, a few beers. And so once again, thank you so much for your support, Captain. I, I really do appreciate it. it your support is going to help us keep coming to you week after week. Another way to support the show is to head over to podchaser.com, or if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and scroll to the bottom of your app and leave us a five-star review. Your reviews are going to help this show get found by other brewers. The last way to support the show is head over to homebrewingdiy.beer 
and you can there use our sponsor banners. Those sponsor banners are going to help or are actually going to keep your prices exactly the same, but they also support the show because those sponsors know that we sent you and they then in turn support the show. So if you're looking at buying a brew bag or shopping at Adventures in Homebrewing or even getting Brewfather, head over to homebrewingdiy.beer and use those sponsor banners. A couple of cool things going on in my homebrewing world. I, I actually just got all of my parts together for my brew pie remix build. I'm sitting here actually as we talk, holding the shield in my hand just before I'm going to solder it together. I will post some images on my Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram, you can check out my build there. I, I will be posting it there. I might even do a bit of a blog post on it. We'll see how things come together. That being said, I'm pretty excited about the project. I will say Lee Bussey made this acquiring the parts very, very easy. He actually has a GitHub repository for the hardware. And in there is a one click, buy all the parts you need to build it from Mouser. And that was really nice. Then I wasn't trying to find all of the different resistors that I didn't have and capacitors. I, I could just push a button and all that stuff just showed up took about three days to get here and I'm pretty excited to start my build. So keep an eye out for that on my social media. Well, let's jump into this week's episode where we're going to talk to Raul Masankai about how he is brewing in the Philippines. I'd like to welcome Raul Masankai he is a avid home brewer and beer maker out of the Philippines, and I'd like to welcome to Homebrewing DIY. How are you, Raul? Hi, Walter. Good evening. Excellent. Well, I I had you on the show because we talk about homebrewing across pretty much everywhere in the globe when we think of homebrewing, right? We think of homebrewing in countries such as the United States, England. We think of homebrewing in countries like Germany or even generally all of Europe and Australia, even Japan. But we don't really think about homebrewing a lot when it comes to Southeast Asia. And recently, I wor started working with somebody who's helping me out with a show that's based out of the Philippines. And she has introduced me to this entire world of homebrewing that is based out of the Philippines. And so I thought we would have Raul on the show to kind of discuss what the homebrewing scene looks like in an island nation in Southeast Asia. So Raul, why don't we just start with what, how did you get started homebrewing? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, uh, thanks for having me, uh, Colter. Um, so I'm, I'm Raul Masangkai and um, I am actually a brewery owner here in the Philippines. And uh, I've been uh, brewing for uh, seven years, uh, five years as a home brewer. Uh, I lived in the U.S. for those five years and uh, moved back here in the Philippines uh, for the last two years. Uh, yeah, I've been brewing on a commercial scale. So, uh, yeah, we opened a brewery. So, so started off as a home brewer in the United States. And then once you got to the Philippines, decided to go pro when you got there, right? Yes, that's correct. So uh, I live in Virginia, and uh, I started my uh, home brewing journey there. So I, uh, same with the other, uh, you know, home brewers, you know, try to go to uh, uh, 
beer home brewing uh, groups, um, home brewing clubs, um, learned home brewing online and some videos and tried to attend some, actually even uh, some schools uh, that's related to brewing. Um, and uh, when I, I, I feel like I, I know a little bit on the brewing side, then I decided to just move back in the Philippines and uh, see uh, if I can uh, continue with the journey. Well, this this is gonna add. This opens a whole can of worms for me when I think about it. So let let's start with what are the liquor laws like in the Philippines? So, like for example, in the United States, if I wanted to open a brewery, I have to get a federal tax stamp. There's a lot of red tape for me to get through to open a brewery. What does that look yeah. like in, in the Philippines? Yeah, actually, here it's uh, uh it's uh, not that uh, strict. Uh, it's uh, a little bit loose, but um. You, you still need to have a, a business permit first, and um, if you want to be, uh, if you wanted to distribute your beers, you have to get, you know, FDA approvals. So these are um, permits. Uh, these permits will take a while, but um, you know, the government is not that strict with, uh, you know, home brewers selling their beers. So we have uh, like small breweries here that are selling beers online, and they're they're still okay. Um, yeah, but if you're going to the commercial scale, then yes, you have to also get the permits. And I feel like it's actually tighter here to get the FDA permits because, uh, for example, every beer that we have to release uh, in the market, it needs to go to uh, FDA testing. And uh, I know in the U.S. it's not it's not like that. So, yeah, um, it's just that the execution is um, not being, you know, it's not uh, really being, ex uh, it's, not being executed here that the brewers are not allowed to sell beers if they don't have the permit. Okay, so like for example, if I were a home brewer and I wanted to possibly sell some of my beer to my friends, that would be totally legal, whereas that would probably be a federal offense here in the United States, right? Correct, yeah. Well, it's still illegal, but yeah, uh, you can still get away with it. Yeah, you get away with it. Nobody's really yeah. going to... You're not going to exactly. get in a lot of trouble over it. Exactly, yes. It's illegal, but yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you can still get away with it. And, and so, just out of curiosity, you, you said that every time you create a new beer, so like, for example, let's say you make a new IPA, you have to send that off to the FDA or the the, uh, the equivalent of that in, in, in the Philippines, and they're going to test it before you can actually sell it to people. Is that the process? Yes. Um, so all the product line item that you have, um, you have to submit um, them for, uh, you need to get CPR, Certificate of Product Registration uh, from FDA. And to get that, you have to submit the beers on a laboratory test so that they will check, you know, the alcohol and other um, bacteria or contaminations in the beer. And then um, the FDA will give you, um, yeah, that permit, the CPR permit, um, if it's uh, if it's good, then you you can start selling in the market. Which should so have no problem uh, because it's beer, because beer has no contamination in it generally, right? Correct. That's right. <laughs> Actually, there's yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and compared to distilled spirits, like you have the methanol, right? But um, but for beer, uh, they're also strict with the uh, you know what we, you put in the label. For example, the ABV. Um, they can also go to your brewery and sample some of your beers or collect some bottles, and they also want to check the ABV. So if it's too far from your uh, uh, ABV in the label, then yes, um, they will uh, give you that permit. So um, they are strict with that too. 
yeah, that that makes sense. They they do the same thing here. If you're yeah. if you if you have to submit all of your labels, I, I believe to the ATF and or there's a database where you have to upload them and they have to be your recipes have to meet them and that that that's pretty similar here in the states. Correct. Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say what what kind of beers are are you personally making in your brewery? Yeah, um, so my, my uh, influence is on the American ale, so IPAs and love pale ales, IPAs. I think I have like three line items that are IPAs, and then two uh, pale ales and American stout. Uh, sometimes we make some uh, Belgian styles and uh, yeah, Belgian light beers. So most of, uh, yeah, most of our beers are uh, American influence styles. And so you're making American style ales, and you have to get american style ingredients for that how where and how are you getting those ingredients are are you shipping them yeah. in yourself or are there local distributors yeah so there are uh, local distributors uh when we started like maybe two and a half years ago um we don't have a lot of suppliers but thankfully there was a like an asia beer, beer conference here in uh uh, that, that was done here in the philippines and uh, a lot of suppliers came in and now we have you know a lot of uh, new brands um so for malt for example we have two distributors that are uh, bringing malt uh, we are also bringing malts from uh uk which is a mountains brand and uh, for hops um yeah these two distributors are also uh, uh selling but uh, most of the ingredients that we have um are you know the old uh, you know the the, the classic hops uh, varieties uh, we don't get a lot of the new new hop varieties that you have in the US so a lot of the sea hops so uh, correct <laughs> cascade cascade yes uh, yeah. columbus yes uh, those are the ones. simcoe at least uh, we have that citra um, mosaic um, we use that in the brewery um, sometimes we get uh, galaxy from from time to time, uh, uh, you know, a distributor can bring in some Galaxy hops, uh, which we love here. And uh, but 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 for the new hops like Sabro and other hops, yeah, we it's hard for us to get those hops. I, I gotta yeah. be honest, they're still hard for us to get here. If you're oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. At the homebrew level, it's it's kind of like the time of year, and the, and then they run out or they get old, and that's kind of how it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. So so why don't we walk through some of the beers that you're making and maybe talk us through a bit of your brewery and, and some of the equipment that you have. I'd love to see what the brewery looks like in the Philippines. So for example, what, why don't you just walk us through how you built your brewery and maybe some of the uh, equipment you use through your process? Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, and I came back here two and a half years ago, so I brought with me a one-barrel uh, Blickman system that I bought in the U.S. I put it in the 20-footer container, uh, brought, brought it here, and uh, I have that uh, one-barrel system. Um, and I bought some uh, fermentation tanks from uh, a supplier in China, really good brand. Um, and uh, we brought, in, brought, brought those uh, tanks here too. Um, so we started brewing on, uh, we have like four fermenters and one bright tank. So we started with that. Uh, the first model that I have is more on the tap room, uh, a brew pub setup. Uh, so um, the, the, the brewery actually was uh, inside my, my sister-in-law's restaurant. 
we started there. So she's serving food while I am the one serving beer. And uh, slowly we're scaling our brewery. So just last year, um, we brought in um, 10 barrel system fermenters. And this year we're, we brought in a 500 liters or a five barrel uh, brew house. So um, my, my, my brewing setup is more on like a double batch brew where sometimes we do a uh, high gravity beer uh, and we just dilute it so that we can um, still produce the same amount. Uh, we can still fi uh, fill the tank basically. So um, yeah, and uh, I have a cold room. Um, I just invested on a canning machine uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, only able to sell beers uh, you know outside and there was a crazy liquor ban here in the Philippines uh, for the last you know few uh, last few months uh, we were like uh, the government doesn't want us to um, sell in the tap room so we, we didn't have a choice but to um, start packaging our beer yeah that, that's kind of the case here where you have a lot because of the pandemic a lot of beer specifically until just recently was pretty much sold to go and if yeah. you didn't have a canning yeah. line you were scrambling to get one right <laughs> correct <laughs> yeah we did the actually our, our model was on a tap room so we had a lot of beers on kegs and we distribute to some bars and restaurants in the metro and uh when the pandemic hit um we 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 were already bottling a few of our variants, but this time we have a full blast on everything. Like we have bottles on ciders and we have cans on beers. We're also doing hard ciders actually. So um, that was something that uh, I would like to introduce here in the Philippines when I move back. Is, is hard cider a popular drink there or is it something that's kind of new to the area? Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally new. When I moved back here um, three years ago, so it's like people like, what, what's this? What's, it's not a, they actually think it's a beer. So, so we made the cider from, uh, of course, apples, and we added some local fruits to it, like mangoes or sarsap. And like, they think that's a mango beer. They post it you know, online and they say it's mango beer. But we, we're trying to you know, slowly introduce it and educate the market that it's not a beer. It's a cider, and it's uh, made from fermented apples. So. But yeah, we're the only brewery that's uh, doing the cider right now. Um, and uh, we're, I think some home brewers are starting to do uh, some ciders. I'm really happy to see uh, the cider scene is growing here. Uh, cider is so delicious. It's, and it's so yeah. easy to drink. And, and to be honest, if, if you're not into hoppy beers, it's, a, it's an easy thing other than like light lager to be like, here, have this wonderful cider. It's, it's sweet and easy to drink, right? Correct. Yeah. And actually here in our weather, it's hot here. So it's very refreshing to have a cider, you know, in the beach, you get some cider and our food too. Uh, most of them are like fatty food. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the cider acidity can cut through those uh, foods. So it's really per, uh, perfect for, uh, you know, beer, uh, you know, cider and uh, the food pairing. That's awesome. And, and so how, how many, how many barrels uh, a year would you say you're, you're producing right now? Or at, let's, let's take it down. How many barrels a month do you yeah. think you're producing? I think a year is a little long. <laughs> yeah. Um, so every month uh, we can produce, uh, right now we're producing 3,000 bottles um, until we get our expansion uh, completed. So hope, we're hoping to produce at least um, 20,000 uh, bottles in a month um, once we complete the expansion. 
So yeah, it's uh we're still uh, utilizing the two barrel system right now until yeah, we finish everything. So in terms of barrel, yeah, sorry, uh, I'm, I'm uh, when I move here, I'm already on liters. So <laughs> before it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, the Celsius Fahrenheit and then the, you know, the kilo and the pound. Hey, and... we're we're a global show. You can go to we, we can do metric here. That's okay. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so yeah, um, every yeah we we produce one thousand liters a month basically, and that's the three thousand bottles. So um, I can say like, uh, let's say twelve. Uh, 1200 um, per year yeah but hopefully uh yeah we will uh, complete our expansion <laughs> yeah that's yeah. awesome and and what are you looking for in your expansion are you gonna go to like a 10 barrel brew house a 30 barrel brew house what, what are you looking to go to yeah actually we we brought in a uh, five barrel brew house it's already here uh we just need to complete the installation um it was uh, already delayed because uh, we were planning this like early this year. <laughs> then the pandemic hit and our our equipment got stuck in China. So um, it was uh, only recently that we, we, we were able to, to bring them here. Um, so we're just uh, slowly uh, completing the the installation. So it's uh, the expansion is a six six uh, one thousand liters or six ten barrels and um a five barrel brew house so we will just be doing a double batch to fill the the, the fermenter that's awesome and uh, and one a bright tank too so yeah um, so seven tanks yeah, yeah what, what what what's what is your most popular beer our most popular beer right now is the um mixed day pale ale so it's an american pale ale um it's a cascade and a centennial um pale ale uh we use uh um California ale yeast. So yeah, uh, a while ago you mentioned about the ingredients. So um, fermentis is very popular here uh, in Asia. Actually, even in the Asia Brewing Conference, uh, they're very um, visible to all the brewers and most of the breweries are using them. Um, I'm used to using uh, white labs and white yeast when I was there. And uh, sometimes I bring in some of these yeast. Uh, I, I still visit the US and move. Uh, I still bring in some. Um, so we just propagate them. Uh, we use fermentis and white labs basically, and uh, we just pro propagate them and yeah, just skip them. So. That's awesome. Have you have you tried any? Uh, we talk about kvike on this show all the all the time. Have you tried any kvike yet? Yes, yes, I did. I did actually. Um, uh, it was, you know, of course, kvike is very popular, and uh, a lot of people here are using it because uh, of the temperature that we have in Asia. Um, I mean. You don't have to worry about it. You can li literally just throw it on your back porch and make a beer. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. The problem is you have to heat up the fermenter, right? <laughs> we don't yeah. have that problem here. <laughs> so we don't have that problem here. So it's actually, uh, you know, maybe still need the uh, temperature controls to lower down the temperature because if, if it's too, it, it might be too high. So, um, but uh, we did that. We did the Quebec. Uh, we actually released uh, a lot of beers using that uh, yeast. Um, just that it didn't have the profile that we wanted on our beer, so um, we we stick to our uh, our usual house heat. Um, was it not clean enough? Was it uh, was it throwing an off flavor? What, what was your thoughts? I on get that? I get some acidity on it. I get some sourness to it. Um, I did it on uh, an IPA. I get some sourness, and I did it on a stout too. So basically, some of most of our styles, we, we tried the Quebec and. And uh, there was uh, this flavor that keeps on popping up, which is uh, a little bit of sourness, 
Um, I don't know, maybe it's dropping the pH too low uh, because of the high temperature fermentation. Maybe we're not doing it the right way. Um, that's something that we have to figure out. But um, we're like in this situation we're in, we don't want to lose, uh, you know, a batch or we don't want to experiment. Um, we just keep on making, you know, beers that our, our consumers are, uh, you know, are fond of. So we just exactly. stick to our house. Yeah. But, yeah, but maybe yeah. later. So, yeah. 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 Well, we, we, we will offline. We, I'd love to talk to you about that and maybe see about troubleshooting it. Cause, uh, there's a, there's a, we've been having really good luck getting clean beers out of Kavike, but it's specific yeah. to the strain, right? There are certain strains that will give you a little bit of sourness. There's some that are going to give you a little bit of fruitiness and, and it's, oh, okay. it's real specific to the strain of Kavike that you're getting. The good news is that you can dry them out and they travel well. So uh maybe cool. maybe yeah. maybe after this we'll talk about uh, a little yeast swap <laughs> yeah okay yeah thank you yeah 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 we did the actually we did the wlp 518 ops fog yeast um ah. that's the one that i got so that's the only kivay yeast that we tried so far um but but i haven't looked at other kivay yeast so yeah, yeah there's, there's <laughs> yeah there's some out there that we're getting that uh, like for example oslo is a beer I just made and there there's actually strains that are coming out from some yeast labs here in North America that are doing you can do pseudo loggers in the eighties and but do you get like a clean profile like a logger. Kind of crazy. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Wow. So, so, you want to get our hands on those yeast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so we were talking a bit about your your popular beers and your most popular is a, a pale L. What's the malt bill on it? Yeah, it's a, uh, we use Vienna and uh, we use Monton, so we have a Maris Otter. So it's a Maris Otter and a Vienna blend. And yeah, the the the, the hops is a Cascade and a Centennial. And um, just a California clean yeast. Um, that's, yeah, that's basically the... the I mean, you the don't need much yeah. more than that. I, I think uh, Maris Otter and Vienna are two of my favorite malts. And, yeah, and yeah, those blended yeah. together. I, I think that that's one trick that I love to teach homebrewers, especially when they're new, is to say, hey, a great way to add complexity to your beer when you're looking for a beer that you may like, like you're, you have very, you're not looking to add a bunch of different like crystal or, or those yeah. types of malts into it. A great way to add complexity is to actually blend base malts. And you can right. really get a unique flavor that way. And I prefer that as to adding adjuncts or anything like that. Yeah, same. <laughs> Even the, the Turo, sometimes if we have a, uh, you know, a, a different uh, brand of Turos, then that can even add a little bit of complexity to it. It's just having the same uh, base type. So, um, yeah. It's, it's amazing how different one brand of Turo is to another, right? Correct. <laughs> yes. It's actually me some uh, rare Puro in the US. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, I, I've got a whole bag of rare pilsner sitting in my garage. So, oh, that's cool. <laughs> so let's let's talk about uh, a bit about some of your other beers that you make. So, uh, Pale Ale is probably your most popular. Uh, what are some other popular beers that you make? Yeah, actually, uh, one of our best sellers, uh, even before before the Pale Ale, the Pale Ale we just released it like a few months ago, but the before it was uh, uh, New England IPAs. Um, we re released a, uh, it's called the Far Far Away Galaxy IPA. We got some Galaxy hops and 
uh, yeah, we just exper experimented with it. Uh, we use a uh, London Ale yeast. Um, Hazy was not that popular here yet, uh, like two years ago. Uh, but but now, yeah, a lot of brewers are just doing Hazy IPAs, and uh, the homebrew community or the, the craft beer community, we love them. So, um, are are you, are you saying that the Hazy IPAs have gone global? Uh, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that, Calder? Oh, you're fine. Are you saying that hazy IPAs have now gone global? Yeah, yeah, I can say that. Um, here in the Philippines, it's very popular. Even if I go to uh, like Thailand or Vietnam, um, Singapore, um, even in uh, like the, the Asia Beer uh, uh, Conference, um, it's a topic that a lot of brewers discuss and a lot of brewers are making. That, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and to me, I... I'll let that sound dissipate and edit it out. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, there's still a construction at the brewery, so I can. Ah, you're good, man. To <laughs> totally fine. Sorry, uh, I forgot that. Yeah, my guys are. Uh, are yeah, you're totally totally cool. Uh, but yeah. that's why we do this in post. Uh, so, quick quick question for you. Uh, we're talking about hazies. To me, I, I love hazy IPAs in the summer, you know, with, especially with the heat. Do you feel yeah. that that's, that's kind of the, that juicy flavor is something that really attracts people in Southeast Asia because it's so refreshing? Yes, I agree. Yeah, it's about, about the tropical, actually, the tropical flavor. Uh, we like tropical fruits here. You know, when you, when you drink a hazy IPA that has good hop aroma, sometimes you get a lot of mangoes, tropical flavors, and that's something that we're, you know, we can relate to because we have a lot of fruits here. So I think, yeah, that the, it's only the, maybe the body that some people are like, it's too thick for them. And it depends maybe on, you know, the, how much yeast and how much, uh, you know, uh, phenols or polyphenols are in the beer or the proteins. Um, but some brewers like ours, uh, we release a hazy IPA that's not too thick. And yeah, a lot of people still love the hops and just the mouthfeel is not too, too uh, yeah, not too that's awesome what's the water like there are, are, are do you do are you do you make adjustments to your water what's the process look like water wise yeah so um the water we use a reverse osmosis filter um we it's a five-stage filter so it's just a clean water that we use and we uh, adjust our water based on the beer style that we're making um yeah we have some salts um, that we use for, let's say, doing the IPA, the you know, sulfate um, to chloride ratio. And um, we just don't use the, I don't trust, honestly, the, the water in the, you know, that we get from the faucet here. Um, we haven't tried testing them, but uh, we just go straight to, to just the reverse osmosis. Yeah, that, I mean, if you're going to make many different styles of beer, it's, it's kind of better to start with a clean slate anyway, right? Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, you know, San Miguel is a very popular beer brand here. I mean, um, and uh, I heard that, you know, they, they established the brewery wherein there's a good water source, like here in the Philippines, uh, you know, different regions where they established the, the brewery uh, with the good water, water sources. So we're not in that, uh, in those locations, but maybe if we move, uh, you know, uh, we should uh, try it. <laughs> Should try the <laughs> the water from the mountains, you know those areas. But uh, yeah, we're in the city right now, and I don't trust the water that we have here. 
hey that that's a that's always a challenge i think anywhere i think that <laughs> when you look at the, the the quality of the water that goes into it i mean that's 90 percent of what's in beer right is is water right. and so yes, it just true. has to be it has to be good quality yeah yeah l- let's talk a bit about uh what it looks like distribution wise right you said that you're doing kegs you're doing bottles and, and let's take covid out of this uh i know that okay. that's the world now and and you're doing yeah. all bottles and and cans but what what does distribution look like in the Philippines? Is it something where you're distributing locally to bars in, in the area? Are you able to sell to gas stations, or what does that look like? Yeah, um, so here is uh, it's better actually. Uh, in the in the US, you have the three tier system. Um, here in the Philippines, we don't have that, so um, you can sell directly to consumers. Um, so for our brand, uh, we started working with our distributors. Um, so we just keep on brewing, and then they go here, they grab the kegs, and distribute it to bars and restaurants. Sometimes if the, the bar go directly to us, they can also order from us directly, but we have the same price point with the distributor, basically. So uh, anywhere, any channel, they can go, they can do that. But sometimes we prefer also the distributors because they can be like, you know, the core logistics and they have all the manpower. Um, but um, yeah, kegs, and uh, we can sell it everywhere, you know, gasoline and uh, groceries. But before you go to the grocery stores, um, the supermarkets and groceries, they look for the FDA, and that's the thing. Um, a while ago, I mentioned about the, the CPR. The, the trick here, the, the pro, I mean, the, the limitation here is actually we get the CPR after four to six months per product. So that's challenging. Uh, yeah, we can release a new beer um, before the supermarket gets it. They will look for the CPR, and we have to sign, uh, you know, register it to the FDA. And only after six months that we can release it to them. So um, that's the the tricky part. Where in, I think in the U.S. you can you know a week maybe um, can already yeah. release that beer. Yeah. So, so that, that, there's a lot. So there's a lot of lag time of when you're making a beer to actually getting it to market because you have to go through a little bit of uh, I, I guess the word I would use is some red tape, right? Correct. Correct. That's right. Yeah. That's the red tape here, and you know it's uh, sometimes it took a while. Yeah. Yeah. Are you are you able to at least like if you had your tap room open? Are you able to experiment and sell that over the tap, over the over the bar, and then once you kind of get those things in line, then kind of try to distribute it? Is that the process? Right. Or do you yeah. have to wait six months even to sell it? Over yeah. The bar? Yeah. That's 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 the reason why we started the uh, as a uh, we focus on the tap room uh, because we can of course as a home brewer too or as a brewer I started from a home brewer um, I want to make beers and you know try to get a feel of what the, what the market really likes um, uh, what we do is we brew beers and we sell it in our, uh, we sell it uh, here in the tap room uh, even on kegs we can sell it on bars it's just that if you go to the if you want to sell it in the supermarket and uh, if it's bottled or canned then yes you will need the FDA. But, but, yeah, it has to be has yeah. to be properly labeled and approved. Correct, because of the labeling. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that 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 makes total sense actually. Yeah, yeah, that's why uh, kegs. Yeah, are, are we we push a lot of kegs before the pandemic, but but now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most bars are still closed right now. Actually, um, it's not the scene here right now. It's really different. <laughs> yeah, it's I, the pandemic is just throw it throws everything into the into the. It, it's just. It's one of those things where beer is such a social beverage, right? We 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 get with our friends and we sit around and we have beers and get a little jolly and have a good time, right? 
And, right. and the pandemic has just really said, no, that is not fun. 2020 is not going to be fun for anyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so it, it's, it's been, and it's been tough for us here. You know, you, you can, you can go to a brewery now, but you have to sit at a table and you have to be six feet apart and you can't have tables of more than six people in a single party. Oh, and and yeah. so there's, there's heavy restrictions on even serving here. And yeah. And not to say, uh, you know, not to get political or anything, you know, but here in the United States, we are also not the best at the pandemic. We're definitely probably the worst in the entire world when it comes to the amount of cases. So, Same. Same so here. you know, don't, yeah. don't, don't take our advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's same here, same here. Actually, uh, only recently that uh, the, the, our tap room, we only opened like a month uh, because of the, the lockdown. So, and the problem here is we also had the liquor ban. So really that stopped everything. You know, you can't even sell on uh, directly to co- uh, customers on your, even if you have bottles or cans. So that's really hit us hard. So, yeah. yeah. Well, but they have recently lifted that, right? Um, you're only allowed to, uh, to sell in tap rooms to two glasses per person. And with the 50% capacity uh, because of the social distancing, and you're only allowed to sell, um, deliver your beers to, to consumers um, from like 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. or 5 p.m. I think, yeah, Castle City. Depends on the city too. So, yeah. So, there's still a lot of limitations, but uh, we're trying to our best to, you know, still push <laughs> our beers during those times. Uh, oh, man. Uh, yeah. Know, uh, it's the. We're all going to get through this, Raul. We're going to get yeah, through it. Hopefully. <laughs> Ho- hopefully, there. Hopefully, we'll have breweries left when this is over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're expanding, so that that isn't a bad thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm still hopeful. You know, uh, we're still continuing with our expansion, and uh, you know, maybe hopefully next year uh, things will go back, uh, will stabilize, and we'll get to. We'll be ready by then, you know. These challenges are giving us also the the reason to, you know, to at least check all our our recipe and you know our process, our business, and yeah, I'm sure we'll be stronger after this. <laughs> well, Raul, well, let let's let's get some information out there to the rest of the world since uh, we're talking about a brewery. What, what what is the what's the name of your brewery? How can we? Do you have a website? Can we can can we can we push it a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, so our brewery name is uh, Elias Wicked Ales and Spirits. It's a, uh, a microbrewery based in Quezon City. Um, we have a website. It's uh, www.wickedelias.com. We are very active in Instagram and also Facebook. And um, yeah, we've been open for maybe two and a half years. That's awesome. And just if you're listening to this show... You can go to the show notes, just whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, just look in the show notes there. And I'll have links to uh, Raul's website. I'll have a link to his Instagram so you can check it out. Hey, I, and, and just if you're listening. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're listening to this, what we'll do is, it, 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 I don't know about you, but I love following breweries all over the world is part of my Instagram. It's, it's kind of my... It, it, <laughs> I, I, I follow, I have, I have home brewers I follow in Hong Kong all over the place. And, and just because 
I love to see what people are making globally. And I'm just surprised at how much how much of it is actually very similar to what I'm making, right? And so it's yeah. just it's so great to to I don't know, it just really brings me together with other brewers. So yeah. yeah. So, so so yeah, if you're listening to the show, please go to the show notes and and check out Raul's brewery. Yeah, I'm very, very excited to kind of get it out there. And uh, yeah. Raul, thank you so much for coming on Homebrewing DIY. If if there's uh, any time that you want to come back on the show and talk about beer, I'm here. I'm 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 ready to talk. I'm always looking for somebody to talk to. So yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me, Colter. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's always uh, I'm always happy to share. Uh, even if uh, you have some you know uh, followers that would like to open or a brewery in the Philippines or start brewing here, yeah, you can uh, contact me and I can give them uh, you know uh, some of the advi- uh, some advices or mistakes that i did when i started opening a brewery so. <laughs> we yeah. all we all we are all going to make mistakes especially you're starting a business <laughs> well well thank you raul all right thank you I'd like to thank Raul for taking the time to come on this week's show. I learned a lot when it came to what it's like to homebrew in another country. You can always learn more about the show by heading over to the show notes. There I will link to Raul's Instagram so that you can check out a bit of the beers that he is making. Also, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all one word, homebrewing DIY love to see you following us on social media. Well, that's it for this week. We'll talk to you next week on Homebrewing DIY.